says, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, upon the young lion and dragon. Thou shalt trample on the feet, because thou hast set thy love upon him. Amen. And he will set you on high. Amen. Aren't you a little feeling a little high? Not on marijuana, but aren't you just high and lifted up? <laughs> Amen. This stuff is great, man. Makes you run through a troop and leap over a wall. Amen. Praise God. Remember Sister Bell? She's not feeling well. Remember? Okay. Remember all the ones that's not here tonight? Amen. Keep your hand upon them. Amen. Pray for all the ones you don't see here tonight. They're either sick or not feeling well. Okay. Amen. We want to get right in our study tonight. Amen. Now, we've been talking all year about growing, and that's what we are looking at doing. And I pray that we are growing in Christ and growing more and more to be more like him and to know him more and more. Paul, right into the church's Ephesus, says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ has loved us and have given himself for us an offering unto God. And the sacrifice to God for sweet smell and savor. Man, what a statement. When you look at that statement, that means you, it, what goes up, you want to make sure that God is well pleased and God is really accepting what you are. You don't want to be rejected by Him. You want your praise to go forth as a sweet smell and savor. Into his nostrils. Amen. Praise God. For the sacrifices of God, the scripture said, is a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. So we got to keep a state of humility at all times within us. Amen. We got to be humble. Stay humble. Amen. Don't elevate yourself. Let God elevate. He will lift you up in due times. Amen. But fornication, and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becoming saints. Isn't it amazing that when we become children of God, the scripture tells us a whole lot of things we don't do anymore. You know, we're new creatures. That's why I saying those things. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Amen. Some people think once they become born again, they can continue to do the same old thing over and over and over again. Well, that's not knowing Christ. Paul says you in Ephesians 4, he says you haven't learned Christ if you're still doing those same old things. You have lack of knowledge because if you think you can be a Christian and keep doing those things and make it to heaven, he says you got another thought coming. It ain't going to happen. You know, you might as well go and be in the world because this is a life and death situation. We're new creatures. Paul says in Romans 6, we are risen to walk in newness of life. Amen. We are his representatives. We are his children. Amen. And so we have to make sure that we're committed to doing the things that he has asked of us to do. Amen. So we want to cleanse ourselves from all what? Filthiness of the flesh and spirit and perfect holiness and the fear of God. Holiness is separation from the world and committed 100% to God. You want to live for God. You're a Christian. You're his children. You're his sons and his daughters. So the Lord says, come out from among them 
and be separate. So you have the purpose, I'm going to the other side. I'm going to live for the Lord. Amen. So we're talking about growing in Christ. Amen. So now last week we saw, amen, that Paul told the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 15.34, he says that some have not the knowledge of Christ, and I speak that to your shame. Because if we say we are born again, then we should have a knowledge of him. I should know him. The Bible tells me that I shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might, and with all thy strength. Amen. We have got to have a relationship with God if we're going to know him. If you do not have a solid relationship with God, you're not going to know him. It's the same way with the marriage. You know, if you and your wife is not 100% committed to each other, you're not going to have a solid relationship. You've got to have 100% commitment to that marriage and to that family. Amen. And so we are in the family of God. So therefore, I have to have 100% commitment to God. Say, nothing, Paul says, should be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. No tribulations, no troubles, no pain, nothing should separate me from God. Amen. I have got to have my mind made up. I've got to settle this thing in my heart and in my mind. So that I will grow. Peter tells us in Second Peter 2, 20, he says, but grow as, as newborn babes do what? Desire the sincere milk of the word so that you may grow thereby. Say, the milk of the word. You've got to get into the word. In other words, Peter is saying you need to have an appetite. What's your favorite appetite? What is your favorite food? I guarantee you, you know, if you, if whatever your favorite food is, I don't care how full you are. Your stomach can be full. But I guarantee you, if your favorite food is cheesecake with cherries on it, and you are at a restaurant, if you're at somebody's house, and you can be laid back going, oh, I am so full, I'm so full. And they put that cheesecake out there, you're going to take a piece. You know, you're going to take a piece because you have an appetite for it. You have a love for it. Say, you're going to find some room somewhere, even if it means you take one bite and say, can I take the rest with me? You know, you're going to take it. You're not going to walk out without it. If you're at a restaurant, you're going to ask the woman for a doggy bag, you know, because that's your favorite food. Well, it's the same way with the Word of God, the things of God. If I have a love for something, then that's what I'm going to go after. So Peter says you desire the sincere milk of the Word. That word desire means get an appetite for this thing. Get an appetite to know more about God. Have an appetite that every day I'm going to learn something new about Jesus Christ. Notice what Isaiah says in Isaiah 51, verse 1 through 3. He says, oh, 
Isaiah 50, uh, 55, verse 1 through 3. 55, 1 through 3. Oh! Ho, 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 ho. Make you think of Christmas, don't it? Ho! He's like a hurl out in the middle of the streets, standing on a block, hollering, Hey! Everyone that thirsts, come to the waters. And he that hath no money, come by and eat. Yay! Come by wine and milk without money and without price. You know, notice, he's yelling, come on, get it, it's free. The things of God are free. They're freely given. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfied not. Hearken diligently to me and eat that which is good and let your souls delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear. Come to me and hear and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Think about that. So he says, come. You've got to have a desire to want to grow. You've got to have a desire for the things of God. See? And so this is what it's all about here. We've got to grow. We can't stay the same as we were before. If I'm doing the same old things, I'm like a car just spinning in the ruts. Guess what? I'm going to go deeper and deeper in the ruts. I'm not going to move forward. I got to go forward. Every day I got to grow. I got to know him. As Paul says, oh, in Philippians 3.10, oh, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformable unto his death, that by any means, I may obtain to that which I am also apprehended of. Something had a hold of Paul. Amen. He had a thorn in his flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet him, to keep him humble, to keep him before the Lord, to keep God first and foremost, keep him realizing, I need God. Does God need to keep putting something on you so you realize how much you need him? Well, if you do, he can do that. But I pray that he doesn't have to. I pray that God will be something so good and so important and so that we just do it because we love him. We just do it because I know him. I want to have that relationship with him. That's why when Jesus instituted, amen, at the end there of his life and he did the communion, what did he say? As often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you do it in remembrance of me. You do it because you remember what I did for you. That's knowing God. You should know as a born-again believer, what did God do for you? I am come that you might have life and that more abundantly. See, so I've got to know him and his power in his resurrection. I want to know when God does something for me, when God speaks something to me, when God shows something to me. I want to know how it applies to my life. I want to know the application of how this thing is 
is supposed to be in my life. If I don't understand how the gospel is applied to my life, then I'm never going to grow in the gospel. You see, the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we die, we repent. Uh, repentance, amen, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 7.10, that godly sorrow work of repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But, but repentance of the world will wake death. So we need to have repentance in our lives. We need to turn away from these things of this world and begin to live and dedicate ourselves to God. As Paul says in Romans 6, what shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. No, you're not. There's so many of us that was baptized into Jesus Christ, was baptized into his death. Therefore, we are risen to walk in what? Newness of life. You should be a new creature. Nothing should stop you from being like Jesus Christ. Amen. If you've got him in you, if you say he's in you, then everything about him should be a reflection through your life. You should be the most obedient people that ever walked on the earth. You should be the most committed people that has ever walked on the earth. You should be the most peaceful people that has ever walked on the earth. You should be the most loving people that has ever walked on the earth. You should be the most joy-filled people that walked on the earth. You should be the most humble people that ever walked on the earth. The most compassionate people that has ever walked. The most obedient people. The most submitted. The most servants ever walked on the earth. If I say I know him. Because that's your daddy's attributes. That's the kind of God he is. If I say I know him and I don't do right, what did James say? Therefore to him to know to do good and don't do it is sin. God is good. Say, do I know him? Say, so last week we was talking about kindness, right? Thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee while I live. The kindness of God. We should be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even for God, for Christ's sake, has what? Forgiven us. Kindness. Amen. Be kind, Paul says there in Ephesians 4. Tenderhearted. Loving, because these are your dad's attributes. Do you know him? See, let's talk a little bit about him tonight. The name, the name, the name. Amen. The name of Jesus. Number two, a name is a term used for identification. In the Old Testament times, a name was not on identification, but an identity as well. Many times a special means was attached to the name. His name, excuse name. Throughout scripture, God revealed himself to us through his names. When we study these names that we, he revealed to us in the Bible, we will better understand who God really is. The meaning behind God's name revealed the central personality and the nature of the one who bears it. Matthew 1.21, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Jesus, from the Hebrew meaning Jehovah, the Savior, amen. And you see in Exodus 3, 13 through 14, 
Jesus from the Hebrew meaning Jehovah's Savior. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say to them, The God of your fathers have sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thou shalt shall say unto the children of Israel, I am have sent me to you. Exodus 6, 3. And then I appeared unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. Amen. Notice. By my name, Jehovah, I was not known unto them. So Moses says, who am I going to say, said, sent me? I am sent you. Amen. I am the almighty God. I am the bread of life. I am the comforter. I am the door. I am the everlasting life. I am the faithful one. I am the holy one. I am the indwelling spirit. I am the just king. I'm the king of kings. I am the Lord of lords. I am the master. I'm the name above every name. I'm the omnipresent spirit. I'm the prince of peace. I'm the quickness spirit. I'm the rose of sheriff. I'm your savior. I'm the truth. I'm the unleavened bread. I'm your victory. I'm your word. Amen. I'm your expectation. I'm your yoke. I'm your zeal. I'm your victory. He's all of it. I am. Because he had just told Moses, as he was talking to Moses, he says, I am the father, God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac, and I am the God of Jacob. So you just tell him who I am. Tell him I am the God of Abraham, I am the God of Isaac, and I am the God of Jacob. So you just tell him who I am. Jesus would say later on, and John 8, 4, 24, if you don't believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. If you don't believe that Jesus is God, you're going to die in your sins. Because neither is there salvation in any other. But there is none other name under heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. Amen. In Isaiah 20, 43, amen, 10 through 12, what did the Lord says? I am the Lord, that is my name. Amen. <laughs> you know, you are my witnesses, said the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, and neither shall there be after me. I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. See, so you got to know Him. Amen. Here's some names of God. El Shaddai, God, Lord God Almighty. El Elyon, the Most High God. Adonai, Lord and Master. Jesus says in John 13, 13, you call me Master and you call me Lord and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, then you should all wash each other's feet. Do you know him? Yahweh, Lord, Jehovah, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner, 
Jehovah Ra, the Lord my shepherd. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Jehovah Teniskanu, the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Makatiskanu, me, the Lord who sanctify you. Elohim, the everlasting God. Elohim, God. Quenah, jealous. Jehovah Jarrah, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Sabbath, the Lord of hosts. So those are just some names of God. Amen. That he's used in different forms and different ways to present himself to his people. Amen. And so we should know him by his name. If you remember when God told Abraham, he changed Abraham's name. First, Abraham's name was Abram, or the father, the high father, which what meant Abram. Amen. But then he changed his name by putting an H in his name and put an H in Sarah's name. Amen. And he called them, what? Abraham and Sarah. Amen. Not Sarai, not Abram, but Abraham. The H in Hebrew is the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which means God. See? And so therefore, once he put that into his name, Abraham becomes the father of the multitude. See? And so therefore, their name is changed about. Amen. So, when you look at the, the Hebrew, the way it writes, you know, the Hebrew letters to start with, they did not use vowels. They only used consonants. That's why sometimes you might be driving down the road, you might see somebody's license plate with this. Y-H, W-H, Yahweh. See? Sometimes you might see their license plate have that on it. Y-H-W-H, Yahweh. Or you might say J-H-V-H, Jehovah. See? So what happens is, now that this describes, they start putting their vowels into it. That's why now when you look at it, you can see the word Jehovah with the vowels in it, or Yahweh with the vowels in it, Y-H-W-E-H. See, so when you put that H in the Abraham's name, Amen. It means God. Say, think about it. I would give you a new name and a new heart. Say, when you become his, he seals his name in your forehead. Amen. You're Linda Jesus. <laughs> You're Michaela Jesus. Amen. Think about it. Amen. You belong to him. The multitudes. That's why when Sarah has children, you look at the faith chapter in Hebrews 11, amen. It says, by, through faith, Sarah, amen, uh, believed God, she conceived seed, right? Therefore spring forth even as one, and he being good as dead, and as many as the multitude of the stars in heaven and the sands by the seashore, innumerable. Amen. Because God had already promised Abraham. That I'm going to make you a great nation. 
And all people of the earth will be blessed in you. That's why when we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, Galatians 3.26, Paul says, For as many as you have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and your heirs according to to the promise. So everything that God promised Abraham, when we are born again in the name of Jesus Christ, those promises are for you and I today. Amen. So we have to grow in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because he wants us to know him. Amen. It's amazing to me the number of people that you talk to or you listen to and they says, Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. Isn't it amazing that he can be your personal Savior and you don't know who he is? If I'm saying he's my personal Savior, then I'm supposed to have a relationship to where I know everything about him. I know that there's not. He's not three in God's. I know there's no such thing as a triune God. I know that there's only one. See? And so I, that's shocking to me. God is not a trinity. Amen. John 1, right? In the beginning was the, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and it dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Listen, if the word was God, the word was with God, and the word became flesh, what does that tell you? That tells you there was no son before he became flesh. So how could he be co-equal, co-eternal, and co-existence with the father, with the son and the spirit? Come on. Isaiah says in seven fourteen that a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. And we know Matthew gives the fulfillment, doesn't he? That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, that a virgin shall conceive, a son shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. Say, Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a son is born, child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. See? So there was no son before God took on flesh. That's what Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 3.16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, 
justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back up where? Into glory. Say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. John 10.30, I and my Father are one. First John 5.20, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. We are in him that is true, even his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Because in him was life. And the life was the light of the world. And the light shineth in the darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, if this gospel be hid, it is hid to them who is lost. In whom the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the glorious gospel of Christ should be revealed to them. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, he says, here's condemnation, Nicodemus. He says, light is coming to the world. But men love darkness rather than light because why? Their deeds are evil. But he that doeth what? Truth. Cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifested. They are works of God. See, so if I come to the light, then that means I'm coming to get some knowledge. See? So you got to have knowledge of God if you want to grow. And God. John tells us in 1 John 5, 7, there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. It's not three persons. It's three manifestations of God. John would also tell us in that first chapter of, of 1 John 1, that which was from the beginning... You there? You got you got your Bibles? Because you need to write this stuff down so you know where it is. Amen. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Verse 2. For the life, what was it? Manifest it, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That's why Paul would write in 1 Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, God was manifested. He showed himself. 
He took on flesh and blood. He came to the earth. He walked just like you and I. He took on flesh. He died so that you and I could live. Amen. So there's only one God, and we should know him. Everything about him. That's why when you read the scriptures, for thou art great and doest wondrous things. The heavens, Isaiah 19 says, declare the glory of the Lord. You walk outside in the morning. You know what you're supposed to do? Praise God. <laughs> because when you see what you see, you know it was all created by him. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The firmament show forth his handiworks. Day unto day they utter speech, and night unto night they show forth knowledge. There is no speech nor language that their voice is not heard. Their lives has gone into the ends of the earth, and their words into the ends of the world. And in them have he set a tabernacle for the sun, whose going forth is as a bridegroom cometh out of his chamber, and rejoices as a strong man to run a race, whose going forth, amen, is to, to the ends of the world, and the circuit unto the ends of it. And there's nothing hid from the heat of it. Think about it. The heavens declare it. The earth, everything that you see, declare God. That's why in the was the word. He spoke it all in the existence. God says, let there, and there was. Amen. You got to know him. See, when you know him, that relationship seals. It gets tighter. And you love him more and more. Amen. You just want to embrace him. As the old song says, I come to the garden alone. Why the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear. The Son of God discloses and he walks with me and he talks to me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. He speaks in the sound of his voice. It's so sweet that the birds hush their singing and the melody that he gives to me within my heart is ringing and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me, fret not, little flock, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You know him. Oh, that I might know him deeper and deeper in the love of Jesus. Daily let me go higher, wiser in the school of wisdom them more grace to know oh deeper yet I pray and higher every day and wiser bless the Lord and that blessed holy word you see what those old songwriters was talking about Jesus hold my hand Lord, I need thee every hour through this pilgrim land. Protect me by thy saving power. Hear my feeble plea. Oh, Lord, look down on me. When I kneel in prayer, I know I'll meet you there. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. I got to know him. Amen. God is spirit, Jesus says. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You got to know him. Who will you liken me? Said the Lord. I don't know any other God, God says. <laughs> if he don't know any other God, I don't either. <laughs> 
See, they had many gods in the world. I mean, you, you go to the Middle East, they got all kinds of gods. I mean, they got snake gods, they got, you know, fly god, Beelzebub, you know, you name it. They got all kinds of gods. There's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of gods that people in the Middle East and Europe and Asia and everywhere, they want to please all these gods. That goes way, 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 way back. Amen. That's why you see in Scripture when they brought the Ark of the Covenant in the house of Dagon. And they set it in there. And the next morning it came in Dagon's on his face. Because the Bible says every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. They come in and set Dagon back up. Next day he come in is in pieces. You know, more power. Oh, I want to know him. Amen. Hero Israel. Amen. He's one Lord. Amen. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. Jesus says, look now. You're weary. You're going through so many things. He says, link up with me and learn of me. You know why I walk away with that from that passage? You got burdens. You're distressed. You're weary. You're lonely. You're despondent. All those things. You know what that tells me? You don't know God. Because he says, come link up with me and learn of me. Because he's what? The prince of peace. So if he's the prince of peace, why don't I have peace? I think Isaiah put it pretty plainly, didn't he? 26, 3 and 4. He shall keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because you Trust in thee. Trust in the Lord, Pastor Parker, forever. Well, he is your saving strength, right? What is, who am I supposed to trust in? Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord Jehovah is an everlasting strength. What does Proverbs 8 say? (laughs) I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil and pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the foreign mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I have strength. Amen. Think about this. I am understanding. I have strength by me. Kings reign and princes decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles and all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me and they that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor is with me. Yea, doable riches and righteousness. All my fruit 
is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the paths of righteousness. Amen. And the what? In the paths of judgment, that those that love me might what? Inherit substance. And what is he going to do? Feel your treasure. You missing something? Wisdom. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.24, Jesus Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God in Him. Amen. That's why if you keep reading it, it says, I wisdom. Amen. Was there from the beginning before the earth ever was. I was set up from the beginning. Whoso findeth me finds life. And shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All those that hate me love death. Jesus Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. The Psalmist says in Psalm 62, 11, God has spoken once and twice have I heard this, that power belongeth to God. Jesus says in Matthew 28:18, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. He has all power because he's all God. There is none higher. There's none greater. No one greater than our God. When they sing that song, there's no one higher, no one mighty, minor than our God, right? I don't know the words. He's just great and he's full of power. Amen. Come on, I, you got to know him. See, you've got to build that relationship so that you know him. That's why the word, that's why Jesus says to this, in John 5, 39, Jesus says, search the scripture. He said, for in them you think you have life, and they are they which testify of me. But you won't come to me so that you can have life. I am come that you might have life and that more abundant. This is why you got to yield yoke with him. You got to get close to him so that you know him and he can teach you. The revelation of the oneness of God is not going to come by reading books. I don't care who write them. It's a relationship. It's got to be revelational truth come from Jesus Christ. That's why the Lord says to Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father in heaven. Amen. You've got to have that relationship so he can pour in you. He says, yoke with me, learn of me. So I can basically what he says, come on, get with me so I can teach you. It's what he wants. That's why you've got to build your relationship solid with him. So he can pour in you. So there is no confusion. So that you know in whom I have believed. And you're persuaded, amen, that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you could ever ask. Or think. Amen. That's the God you are serving here tonight. Amen. Amen. We've got, we've got to know Him. We've got to grow. We've got to grow. We've got to grow. We've got to grow. Amen. Praise God. He wants you to know Him. That's His overall goal. Paul told stood before Philip, Felix, he says, hey, this thing was not done in a corner. 
<laughs> it was wide open. God walked among. That's why Jesus in Mark 2, when you look at him, and when they brought the bar of four on the scripture with the palsy, they tore the roof off the house, and Jesus saw their faith. The Bible says, Jesus said to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee. Take your bed up and walk. And all of the religious leaders says, Time out. You're blaspheming. This is, can nobody forgive God, sins but God alone? Jesus just said, okay, so you know that the Son of Man have power on earth to give sins. Said to the sick of the palsy, take your bed and go home. He got up and walked. He said, can't nobody do it but God. He said, okay, let me show you. I'll show you who I am. <laughs> Amen. That's why these stories, you know, what did John say? These things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. Because no one can do these miracles except God be with them. Matthew 24, 41-45, Jesus goes way back to the David until Psalms 110. He says, what think you of Christ? He says, whose son is he? He says, he's David's son. He says, okay, let me ask you a question. He says, uh, why then did David call him Lord? Saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit down on my right hand till I make thy foes thy footstool. Blew their mind. See? Because Jesus was trying to say to them, I'm God. And what did they stone him, want to kill him for? Because you being a man, make it yourself God. (laughs) And what did he say? You don't believe me? Believe me for the works you see me do. (laughs) Amen. Amen. See, we, we, we gotta know him. We gotta know him. Amen. I wanna know him in the fullness. I wanna know him in his deity. Amen. Who do you say that I am, Jesus says? And that's the thing, is we have to know him. Because everything as a Christian flows from that one knowledge that you know him. That's why you must have a solid prayer life. That's why you must have constant devotion with God. That's why every day you should want to know more about this God that we serve and the God that we live. Amen. So that we can take up our cross and follow him to be his disciples. Amen. That's what he wants. We got to know him and his deity and his fullness. Amen. So that we can be just like him. Amen. God is our refuge. God is our strength. He's a very present help in trouble. Though the earth be moved, though the mountains be carried into the mix of the sea, though the waters roar and be trouble, and though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, there's a river, there's a stream shall make glad 
the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, and God will help her. And that right early, the heathen rage, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, see the desolations which the Lord has done in the earth. He makes wars to cease unto the ends of the earth. He breaketh the bow. He cutteth the spears under. He burns the chariots in fire. Be still. <laughs> Notice what he says. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the earth. I will be exalted among the heathen. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. What did Isaiah see in the year the king Uzziah died? I saw the Lord high and lifted up, setting upon a throne. And his train filled the temple. Above it stood the serpents, each having six wings. And with twain they covered their face, and with twain they covered their feet, and with twain they did fly. And they cried one to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone. For I am a man of unclean lips, for I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Amen. Have you seen him? Have you seen my beloved? Songs of Solomon, huh? Have you seen my beloved? Amen. That's who you should be. Hey, you seen Jesus? I'm looking for my lover. <laughs> Amen. Know him, know him, know him, know him. Amen. The power of this one true and good God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.